Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this week, we are doing Jacob's Ladder. What do you think about that? I don't care. All right, good. All right. Uh, 1990 film. Psychological horror. Tim Robbins. All right. So, on October 6, 1971, an American combat medic, Jacob Singer, is with the 1st Air Cavalry Division, deployed in a village in Vietnam's Mekong Delta, when his close-knit unit comes under sudden attack. As many of Jacob's comrades are killed or wounded, others exhibit abnormal behavior with some suffering catatonia, convulsions, and seizures. Jacob flees into the jungle only to be bayoneted by an unseen assailant. Why do you keep pausing between commas like they're periods? That's really weird. I don't ever remember this scene in the movie. You know what? Maybe because I... I, I just watched Halloween last night, and I, I told the kids about the whole William Shatner thing, and so maybe I'm, I'm unintentionally pause you, acting. You do it all the time. Like, literally, you, you'll be like, on October 71, blah, 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 deployed in a village in Vietnam's Mekong Delta, when his close-knit unit comes under a sudden attack. Like, okay, Shatner, let's go. <laughs> just, anyways, I, in this movie, I don't remember, I don't remember this scene. I don't, I, like... I think the scene wasn't the scene part of a flashback. Um, they do when you when there's more revelation near the end of the film. So because um, then there's more detail to it. Well, it's been um, it's been fucking thirty years since I've seen the yeah, fucking film. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, no, You know what? No, this actually this beginning scene it sets things up really well because of the of, of the camaraderie between everybody, and it it really. Um, you know, I want to know more about these characters. And then all of a sudden, of course, because it's a Vietnam movie, the shit starts, right, out of nowhere. And so they're under attack, and, and it just, um, you know, it gets it gets weird. It becomes really weird, and you're like, what the fuck is going on, right? And if I didn't already know most of the plot of this film from before, um, I, you know, I, 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 already, I was already prepared for things to get weird. So, um, but it was, yeah, characters start doing weird things like shaking their heads or, or just standing there and, and acting creepy. And, and yeah, it was, it was, it was off, but it sets the movie up nicely. Cause you're like, what the fuck is going on? I saw this in a theater, mm-hmm. uh, when it came out Yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck is, the fuck is going on? I wasn't mentally mature enough to watch this film when it first came out because when I first watched it, I was bored to death. I didn't know what the big deal was, and I just, I didn't care. I'd rather go watch Ninja Turtles. Hold on. So, yeah, this is definitely um, for older people. and uh, This is a thinking man's movie. Yeah, definitely. Because same thing. Mm -hmm. When I first saw it, I was just like, oh, Christ, LSD and drug illusions. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, so uh, moving on. There's uh, Jacob Awakens in New York City Subway, where an inexplicably locked subway station exit God damn. Results in him almost being hit by a train. The year is 1975, and he works as a postal clerk, and he lives in a rundown apartment in Brooklyn with his girlfriend, Jesse. Jacob misses his old family and experiences visions of them, especially the youngest of his sons, Gabe, who had died in an accident before the war. He is increasingly beset by disturbing experiences and apparitions, including glimpses of faceless, vibrating figures, and narrowly escapes being run over by a pursuing car. At a party thrown by friends, he appears to witness an enormous creature penetrating Jesse before he collapses with a dangerous fever. First-person perspective apparent flashbacks to his time in Vietnam show Jacob, badly wounded, being discovered by American soldiers before being evacuated under fire in a helicopter. Um, Yeah, his son um, is played by Macaulay Culkin. And um, you could tell he's a little bit younger than when he did Home Alone, even though these movies came out in the same year. You can tell he's at least a year younger. And, dude... 
I didn't even think about it until you saw these two characters on screen together. But great fucking casting. Tim Robbins and Macaulay Culkin, they have the same eyes. It fucking great casting. Um, and he, dude, I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel, I kind of wish that Macaulay Culkin had um, his career had gone a different way because he showed so much promise as a as a young actor, and then he got thrown into that fucking commercial, you know, make money scene, you know, with the. Well, he did Uncle Buck, and then he just fucking blew up from there. Yeah, you know, you it, know, yeah, exactly. With the the question kid, right? Yeah, and I think he was probably filming this movie when after when uh, Uncle Buck was coming out. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it's um, yeah, because I you could just tell that he was a really good actor and he was going he was going to go in a good direction and they just fucking exploited the shit out of his youth. Um, yeah. So um, but yeah, no, it's um, and it's you know that something happened to his son because the way he reacts about things and like you know the Jesse character played by um. Played by uh, Elizabeth Pena. Um, she, uh, God, dude, she used to be really fucking attractive, man, when she was younger. It yeah, was, she's dead now. Yeah, I know she died four years ago, but it was no, it was weird. So of course she is. No, when she got like into her like thirties uh, and forties, there was something about her where I don't know, her face got fatter or something. I, it just she wasn't. Yeah, so let's let's judge a person based on on you know whatever's going on. I'm not judging her acting ability. I'm just saying like you know I, you're I, judging I her looks. Recall, yeah, you judge a fucker. She was anyway. She was like borderline hot when she was uh, when she was. Uh, yeah, and then when she gets older, she's fucking ugly. Who cares? Right? Okay, we get it. They're all hot when they're younger. All. No, there's some that weren't, and then when they got older, they, they became attractive to me. But yeah. Hey, you wanted to fucking critique that shit. Um, so, uh, God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the, yeah, he keeps having these weird little flashbacks of Vietnam, but it doesn't show very much at all. And, and, and weird things happen, like when he gets chased by a car, but he doesn't. He or almost gets hit by a fucking train. Yeah, and it's it's weird because he doesn't really talk to anyone about it. He just starts getting like really very uh what is it, very stoic and he seems to be lost in a lot of thought when he's interacting and and stuff like that. And when and when they're at this party and he has this freak out, um, you know, you could tell the Jesuit the um, his girlfriend, she's acting like she cares, but you can also tell that She's someone that's not going to take it for very long, and she's going to go and live her life the way she wants to go live her life. And fuck you if you can't, you know, improve my life. You know, quickly, right, 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 yeah. Get your shit together, get out. Type yeah, of thing. kind of thing, right? And like this guy just fucking he had a temperature where he was like the doctor says he's going to fucking die and shit and all this stuff, and you know he, he's all fucked up and and yet she's still like rushing him to get better and all this stuff. And yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up at times with her character. But then there's other times where she's extremely loving, so it's it's really odd. And uh, and yeah, this is the weird shit that he keeps seeing. And the vibrating faces that worked really well. The only problem is, is that because we've seen so many movies that have copied off of that since then, that it's like it's like watching all these. Yeah, movies. but why can't you, I still don't understand how you cannot separate movie from movie? Like this came out in 1990, yet yeah. you're still comparing it to movies that come and, out and, this and year. And I try and I and uh, I try to use that perspective, but. It's difficult. It's like, like, remember when I talked about the James Bond movies, how I've watched the newer ones before I watched the originals, and then when I went back to the originals, they didn't, didn't seem that great to me? Yeah, but then that's, that's what, bu- that, it doesn't bug me. That's, I don't understand how you cannot separate years. I, you know what? I look at, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm baffled. It's, it's a me thing. Uh-huh. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. So get out. But <laughs> this, this relationship's over. Um, <coughs> what, what, but what I'm saying is, is 
is I don't understand how someone cannot separate seeing a movie yeah. that's fucking 50 years old and then saying, I didn't like it because it's not. I, I don't understand that perspective. That's all. Yeah. I, 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 under, I get it yeah. because it doesn't have all the the fancy fucking you know green screen effects and and yada 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 yeah, and like better but, trained martial artists and shit like that yeah yeah but uh, but what i don't understand is watching a movie and and then comparing it to all the shit that's come out now in in, in between a 30 and a 50 year you know because, span because when i'm watching it if i if, like i don't remember much of jacob's ladder when i when i watched it as a kid so watching it this time it was like watching a new movie and so um the problem is, is that because every time a scene happens in this film, I start it starts recalling other similar things that have happened in other films in my head. Right. And so the problem is, is like, oh, I've already seen this. I've already seen that. Right. No duh. But I mean, you watch like five movies this year, and or you watch two seasons of The Simpsons, right? Yeah. You know, seasons four through six. Uh-huh. You know, so that's three seasons really. Yeah. And basically, you've seen everything. <laughs> you know. I, I, you look, man. I, I, it's a curse. I, I don't like it. It's um, you know, because I, I think that that's probably gotten in the way of me enjoying certain films. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it sucks because I, I don't like. It's just like with the Halloween movie, how you enjoyed it more than I did because I just kept recalling all of the shit that's already been done in the other films. Yeah, that's I, I leave all that shit behind. I wish I could do that. I, I wish I could, but my mind immediately fucking starts thinking about oh, what this has already been done. This has already been done. Right, but I, I see, I don't care about that stuff. I don't care if it's already been done. Uh-huh. I want to see if they can either improve on it uh-huh. or make it interesting. Yeah. You know, regardless of what, I mean, if they're just copying it note for note type of thing and they're not really doing anything, yeah, okay, it's been done. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I feel about, like, uh, all the DC movies, mm-hmm. you know? They're not doing anything to improve upon it. Yeah. It's quote unquote been done. Because it's been done better, you know. It, um, not to take away from Jacob's Ladder, but like Justice League, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, we had the big fight at the end with Ultron. I'm sorry, not Ultron, with Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been done yep. in a closed area, like a chapel. Yeah. In a, in a chapel, closed area where there's multiple beings attacking all the bad guys, and then, um, you know, the savior of the day shows up. Whoever that is, you know, I can't remember who it was in, in Age of Ultron, but it was Superman. Wonder Woman? I don't know. <laughs> but it was Superman in, in Justice League. Yeah. I can't remember who it was in Age of Ultron. Uh, was it like Quincy? Vision. Yeah, Vision was the one who ended up kicking everyone's ass or something. Yeah. He ended up taking He, all he of ends up out. showing up and beaming everybody. Yeah. Oh, look, Superman shows up and ends up beaming everybody. Holy fuck, dude. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> You're right. Like, it, it's the same exact fucking fight. And it was done by Joss fucking Whedon. Same exact fight. Yeah. And 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 that's... The, okay, so I can understand that. In cases like Jacob's Ladder, I mean, a truly original movie. Yes. You know? And you haven't... I mean, they haven't made a remake of it. They haven't tried to. They are. Next year. It comes out next year. Of course they are. Yep. And... That's in the trivia, and, by the way. <laughs> and, and the smart... And it's a smart movie. Yeah. So... It is. It is definitely a thinking movie. Um so yeah, and, and and I'll get to you know my personal opinions on the film um, after I'm done with the whole thing. But um, it's uh, yeah, so it's um, you're you're confused with him, and that's actually really good. What's good about this movie is you're confused as he's confused. Yeah, it br- it really pulls the audience into the movie. Yeah, Think, you know you're 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 the you're Jacob. Yeah, 
exactly. So, um, all right. So, uh, one of Jacob's uh, former platoon mates, Paul, contacts him. Who um, Paul is played by um, um, Danny Aiello. No, Danny Aiello is his chiropractor, and I'll get into him in a moment. But um, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince, um, he's that guy with the shaky eyes. That um, he's he always plays a weirdo in movies. Um, he played the preach uh, the preacher in the Constantine movie. If you can remember that movie, um, he's always yeah. Anyway, yeah. Bro Taylor Vince, he's um of course his picture's not there. Why guy, would it be? Guy's been in so much shit and they It was an Angel Heart. Yeah. He uh, I, I loved renting that movie. Yeah, he he's yeah, um he played Oh he's in Red Heat. Yeah. Oh he was young when he was you know, when he used to be thin. Now he's like big and you know, burly. City slickers too. He's bald and burly. But he has the shaky eyes. He was in Highlander. Yeah. Oh dude, yeah, yeah. Bro Taylor Vince has been in a lot of shit. He was in Walking Dead. He was fucking Doctor Doolittle. He got killed by fucking uh by Shane. In the season two, um, anyways, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Yeah, so Pruitt Taylor Vince is his buddy that you know. He, Drop dead sexy. He was in the war with, and yeah, Pruitt. Um, it is definitely, uh, yeah. He's the he's more jittery than than. Um, he's like a more freaked oh, okay. out. Okay, I, I don't know. Yeah, who he is. right. He's a more freaked out, jittery version of of what Jacob's going through, pretty much of the film. So. Oh, and I forgot Kyle Gass is in this fucking movie. I don't. I didn't see him. Kyle Gass. Yes, Kyle Gass is in this movie. Oh, he's in fucking Agents of Shield. Which I I kind of put it together. Like, okay, so like he's he's been in a couple of movies where he plays like a really fucking weird guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like a like a touchy feely. Yeah. Dude. Did you ever see um, uh, Identity with uh, John um, John Cusack where he's at the hotel and all this weird shits going on with the serial killer and no stuff. Okay, shit. But um, he was in the Mentalist, so that's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. He, was, he played Otis on The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Psych. Anyways. All right. Um, uh, Paul contacts him. He dies in a car explosion. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 in a they're in a bar together. And, Big and, words, commiserating after the uh, funeral. Yeah, and the guy the guy's freaking out. Oh, and hey, the funeral, no fucking rain. I was surprised. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. They they actually did something different. But then there was something else. I think there was another scene, another funeral in the film, or another film I just watched that was older, and there was another. I was like, fuck. All right. Goddamn rain. Um, so, yeah, he meets him there in the car, and then they, yeah, the car explodes immediately afterwards, and this doctor shows up. Um, well, you find out the guy's <laughs> a doctor later, but this guy that you already seen him following him before and yelling behind this car that's going to hit Jacob um, a few minutes before this scene happened. And this guy comes and rescues Jacob from the explosion, and then uh, runs off. You're like, what the fuck, right? And so, um, believing that they are suffering the, um, oh wait, um, commiserating after the funeral. <laughs> you don't need uh, to read it. We've already. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. They okay. So he meets up with all his buddies, and they 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 pretty much. Yeah, they're at, they're at a. Fu- it's after the funeral. Yeah, it's the after party, right? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just the quiet wake, as fuck, right? And you could tell there's one that's always the one that's like talking over everybody, and he's the one that acts like, oh, he's not affected by all the shit they went through, right? You know, but you can see that he's just as fucked up as they are. He's just better at covering it at the moment, and um, all of a sudden, when Jacob brings up a certain thing about being followed or, or something like that, or no, talking about that guy being about Pruitt Taylor Vince's. Um, being followed, all of a sudden everyone gets really quiet. Ving Rhames gets starts to shake and his drops his beer bottle and and um, Lasalle, uh, Eric Lasalle, you know uh, Soul Glow, um, he um and look he's got side boob. <laughs> that's and not side boob, man. That's that, fucking yeah. That's, that, that's, that's push up bra under roll. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, it's uh, the, yeah you can see that all these guys are fucked up. And um, and you know what? 
<laughs> and you only see these guys pretty much one more time after this scene because Jacob tries to talk them into all of them getting together and finding an attorney. And they go, they go and they meet um, up with Jason Alexander, uh-huh. <laughs> who um, wow, who, yeah, he looks fresh off of uh, filming, you know, Pretty Woman. Um, believe it. Okay, so um, they go, they hire an, a lawyer to investigate, play by you know Jason Alexander. And however, the comrades soon come back and they tell Jacob. Um, they tell him that they're backing down um, from from filing a court case against the military, and you know um, it's because the lawyer quit the case. Yeah, and, and Jason Alexander quit the case, and and then um, you know so Tim Robbins fucking pushes at him like like what the fuck? Why did you you know drop this case? And and finally you know Alexander says, dude, because you're a lying piece of shit. And he's like, what are you talking about? And Alexander says, you know, you never served in the military, blah blah blah. There's you know you only did this and did that and. And stuff, and Jacob's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And he just, he, you know, so he runs out of the courthouse after talking to Alexander, and um, and so uh, yeah, so um, he's abducted. Yeah, yeah. So he he comes out. Yeah, oh, fucking. Here's another weird part that happens, right? He comes out of the building, and all of a sudden, these two fucking look like they look like mob hitmen guys, right? G men. They, they pull him into a car, but they look because they have you know New York accents. They sound like Guidos, right? Pretty much, right? And um, like you motherfucker, let's get in here. Get in the fucking car, right? And they start, you know, they start like roughhousing him and shit. And they're like, "We're gonna take you here. You know, you're gonna do this to you." And all of a sudden, Jacob starts fucking them all up, like fucking them both up in the car. There's this big fight, and the car's crashing all around and shit. And and then Jacob jumps out of the car, and and um, so yeah. And then what happens is um, he gets his back all fucked up when he when he um when he jumps out of the car and he can't move. So he gets um, taken to this hospital, and this is like probably my favorite scene in the entire film, because you've only you saw Jacob, you saw um, Danny Aiello's character one other time um, before this, where you know Jacob was already you know seeing him like for his back and shit, and and Daniello, you know, he's like a very intricate, like he's like a, th- a like a mental therapist and also a um, he's like his priest. Pretty much, yeah. He's like his priest and his chiropractor at the same time, right? So he's giving him this life advice and this, you know, spiritual advice and shit. But he's also, he's so intricate with it, where like he's flipping him on his side. And he's like, okay, hold it there, hold it there. All right, ready, ready. And he, you know, like pops another fucking bone into place, and it's like a puzzle and shit, right? He's putting together. And Daniello, you know, Daniello, you know, how you know the, the type of character he is. Um, and so this the second time, so. So Jacob wakes up in this hospital and it looks like, you know, it's just all shitty and, and he's surrounded by all these weird people that he doesn't know. And all of a sudden, um, you know, and he, he's also up in um, traction. Is that what they call it? Where your legs up in the air and, you know, and all that yeah. shit. And uh, all of a sudden you can hear Dan Aiello's character yelling from down the hall. Where is he? Where is he? Where's, where's Jacob? Where's my Jacob? <laughs> he comes in and he fucking literally rescues Jacob out of the, the the hospital room, and everyone keeps trying to stop him. The orderlies, everyone that works there, the nurses, and Danielle starts picking up chairs. Everything just fucking fending them off, and it's hilarious. It's it's like, dude, this guy really loves his fucking patient, you know. And he goes, "We're gonna get you out of this fucking medieval torture chamber, right?" And, and all this shit, and he he gets him out, and like he freaked out everybody. Even these orderlies are like, "Fuck this, go get the fuck out, right?" Um. So yeah, then he gets him out of there, and 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 I, I just I laughed at the scene because it was it was really funny, and I was like, dude, this it was it was weird, but at the same time it was like, all right, there's a good friendship here going on, right? So um, all right, so um, what was it? Let's see. I have no idea where the fuck you are. So. Oh, I know, I know, I'm just because I'm catching up with the with this the, the whole plot device shit. So um, so when he, yeah, so I forgot about this whole thing before I I forgot um, the, he gets rescued. 
where um, he's asleep in the hospital, and he goes into this nightmarish, um, pro- this whole scene of nightmare where he's like delivered into like Dante's hell almost of a hospital, you know, and you know he's he get this is like the scene where you know the doctor's over him and he's all you're already dead and all this stuff and you know you can't be saved and blah 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 and Tim Robbins is like I'm alive I'm alive you know and and so um it's uh his friend Lewis yeah after his friend you know he Lewis starts quoting him weird things like biblical things and also you know like old story type shit and like so he tells him um he reads out of this uh, 14th century book where he says uh, Eckhart saw hell too he said, the, the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of life. Your memories, your attachments, they burn them all away. But they're not punishing you, he said. They're freeing your soul. So if you're frightened of dying and you're holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. And that right there, that sums up the fucking movie. Because that's what this movie ends up becoming is that. And, and I'll, we'll talk about that more in a second, but let me finish the last part. Um, so Jacob is approached by a distressed man who was seen treating his wound in a medevac helicopter and who also dragged him away from Paul's burning car. Introducing himself as Michael Newman, he tells a story of having been a chemist with the Army's Chemical Warfare Division where he designed a drug he called the Ladder, which when ingested massively um, increased uh, aggression. Kind of like the, the you know the 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 virus that they had in uh, twenty eight weeks later or twenty eight days later, um, Michael's revelation triggers a vision of his wounding in Vietnam, in which he sees that his attacker was a fellow American soldier. Right. Well, they gave us dose was secretly given to Jacob's unit before battle, causing them to turn on each other. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the, the, the way the doctor describes it is, is it's like fucking creepy, and it's like, dude, like damn, it's like brutal as shit. And uh, and you can tell this like this doctor like he's he's like mentally scarred by this whole thing for the rest of his life. Um, so um, so yeah, it, the it triggers the vision. He goes back into Vietnam. He sees his attacker and all that shit. And then um, he realizes that he was killed by one of his own people and uh, you know stabbed in the stomach by uh, by a bayonet. Yeah, way way to wait way to lace it all together. <laughs> so Jacob returns to his family home. Um, while he's still having this vision, and there he finds Gabe, you know Macaulay Culkin's character, and he, um, who um, takes him by this hand, and he um, he leads Jacob up the stairs, and you know this big, you know bright light and everything, and then all of a sudden it goes cuts to the triage tent in 1971, and um, the doctors there declare uh, Jacob dead, but Jacob has like a very peaceful smile on his face, and at first I was a little confused because sometimes when a movie makes you think, um, it. You know, I, I didn't know what to think at first, and then I realized after like reading about it, and and then and then thinking back on the film right afterwards, it's the whole movie is a fucking um, vision while he's dying. So the attack that happens right at the beginning, when his whole um, when his whole um, you know platoon is attacked, um, up and everything that happens after that is all just him doing what, what, what um, Danny Aiello's character pretty much said to him, which is, you're fighting to stay alive, and because of that, you keep seeing demons. Right. And so once he finally realized that he's, that he's dead and that he's got to let go, that's when he peacefully died, and he, he, he ascended. So Jacob's ladder it was, like, metaphorical for him, where he went up the stairs instead, and um, instead of, you know, like, walking into some big old heavenly fucking opening or some shit like that. Right. Which the director was going to originally do, which I think is in the trivia. <laughs> but, um, dude, when this movie ended, uh, I had, I, 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 yeah, besides the thinking about the ending, I, I was like, dude, this is a really good fucking movie. Like, I, I put off seeing this movie again for so long because I didn't think there was anything special about it. 
right? Because my, my, my impression as a child. And I'm like watching it again. I'm like, dude, I'm almost choked up at certain scenes. Like when he's interacting with Macaulay Culkin's character, like I felt that whole fatherly bond and thing that, you know, because there was good chemistry between the um, Robbins and Culkin. And, uh, and yeah, it was just, you, you could, it, it just, it felt sad. You know, if, you know, if you felt sad for his character and everything he went through and is a, is, Overall, this is a really good fucking movie, and um, you know, it, in some circles, it's underrated. But then when you go on to like Reddit and and other things, you start reading about you know comments from other people. There's a lot of people that actually love this movie and talk about it all the time. Uh, and uh, you know, I'd say my only um, complaints about the film uh, was that hell in a way it was too short. I mean, dude, this movie went by so quickly. It's almost two hours long, and when it was almost over. I thought it still had, it was only halfway done. That's how this movie just fucking eases by when you're watching it. Even though you're going through the hell that Jacob's going through, it, it's still, you, you, it, it just, it's so well told that you're, you're just going along with it. And, and, and yeah. And, um, but, and then I think the, um, you know, even though the whole, the whole movie is pretty much his vision of, while he's dying, um, I thought that there could have been a little more, um, more scenes or more uh, longer moments with his friends, with his uh, platoon members, because you only see them for very quick moments and not very long at all. Right. So I think that that, um, I think it would have fit better into like his caring and concern for everyone in his life and things like that, that, um, you know, if there, if there was more time with all those people, but from what I understand, um, there was a bunch of shit cut out of this movie as well. And yeah. There's not a director's cut, which is kind of odd because if there's, but whatever, you know what? I, I I don't I don't you know maybe it's just it, there's too many factors that come into bringing a director's cut out. So I, I I can't even begin to guess how they would do that shit. So, um, but yeah, this this uh the, I I would highly recommend Jacob's Ladder, dude, because it's it's a very good psychological horror film and and uh, even though I gave away the ending, of course, by reading <laughs> reading off the whole fucking thing, still it is definitely um definitely a good a good uh, scary movie and yeah. And yeah, I saw some elements of um, you know things that I've done afterwards, but you can tell that this was an influence for a lot of things that have come since then, and so that 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 makes this movie special in that regard too, as well. That it, it's influenced so many different kind of horror video games and 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 uh, and other and other uh, motion pictures. So all right, let's get into some trivia. Um, all. Um, Visual effects were filmed live with no post-production. For example, to achieve the famous shaking head effect, director Adrian Lin simply filmed the actor waving his head around and keeping his shoulders and the rest of his body completely still at four frames a second, resulting in an incredibly fast and deeply disturbing motion when played back at the normal frame rate of 24 frames a second. Um, according to the director uh, Adrian Lin, this, the drug aspect of the story was inspired by the Martin Lee and Bruce Schlein uh, book, Acid Dreams, The CIA, LSD, and, and 60s Rebellion. Adrian Lin uh, turned down directorial, du- uh, directorial duties on The Bonfire of the Vanities so he could direct Jacob's Ladder. His first choice for the role of Jacob Singer was Tom Hanks, but by coincidence, Hanks turned down the film so he could make The Bonfire of the Vanities. Hold on. According to director Adrian Lin, most of the dialogue in the opening scene between the soldiers was improvised on set by the actors themselves, especially the conversation between um, Ving Rhames and Tim Robbins about masturbation. Yeah, and you know what? Then that, that's one of those things that made me wish that there was more, um, a little more between the, um, him and his buddies because it, it worked. They, they worked really well together. So uh, This served as a major inspiration to the early games in the Silent Hill video game franchise. Um, 
this is uh, here. Here's a useless piece. <laughs> According to the original script, after Jacob is nearly run over by the subway train, a sequence involving a man being raped in the subway station men's bathroom was supposed to occur. It was filmed but deleted from the final cut. But parts of the scene can be seen in a making of featurette. Uh, Ving Rhames went on to star in Pulp Fiction. Incidentally, he played a man who was raped in that film. <laughs> I, I just, I, what, 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 yeah, how, yeah. How fucking useful is that? I know. Great. Thanks a lot. Bring out the gimp. Gimp sleeping. <laughs> All right. In the original screenplay, writer Bruce Joel Rubin had created a typical bl- biblical hell, complete with winged demons demons, clo- cloven-hooved devils with horns, people with beaks, and strange objects lying randomly around. Director Adrian Lin likens Rubin's vision to the work of um, Hieronymus Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch. Um, as with Rubin's general depiction of demons, however, Lin felt that such scenes could very easily make an audience laugh. As such, he decided to rewrite the scene of Jacob's descent into hell, ultimately coming up with the hospital sequ- sequence where Jacob is wheeled on a gurney into a metaphorical hell, which becomes more and more grotesque as he moves. After initial test audiences reported that the film was overwhelming, director Adrian Lin cut out 20 minutes of material, almost all of which came from the last third of the film. Four major sequences were removed after Jacob first meets Michael. A scene where Michael gives him an antidote for the latter. A scene where Jacob thinks he is cured but turns out not to be. A scene where he goes to Michael's apartment and finds Michael decapitated. And a scene just prior to his final meeting with Gabe where he meets Jesse, who shows her true form. Writer Bruce Joel Rubin wrote the script for Jacob's Ladder in the early 1980s after he had a dream of being trapped in a subway. He spent several years trying to get it produced, but the script remained languishing in developmental limbo. During this period, Rubin's agent told him that the film would never be made as a Hollywood doesn't make ghost movies. (laughs) And then Ghost comes out. Yeah. And then Jacob's Ladder comes out. Yeah, and then after the Rubin scripted Ghost from 1990 became a smash hit, coupled with the success of Alan Parker's Angel Heart... Studios became more open to the possibilities of Rubin's script. After taking on the role of director, Adrian Lin spent over a year refining the script with writer Rubin. Referenced in Avengers Age of Ultron, Natasha Romanoff's dream sequence features people with distorted faces and the camera is at one point focused on the bending wheel of a hospital bed being pushed through a hall. Um, Director Adrian Lin purposely... um, shortened one of the um, wheels on the on the gurney so that when it's go when Jacob's being pushed through this hell scene it does yeah it does the wobble spin thing and it, it fucking yeah good good work man so um yeah that's uh you know Tim Robbins this is one of, I think this is one of the first films where Tim Robbins showed that he could do more than comedic work you know and uh and you know and then what what was it 13 years later he won an Oscar for Mystic River um yeah dude good actor but um the funny thing is when i saw kyle gas in the in the credits in the end credits um i was like oh wait a minute i bet they, he must have made friends with robbins or something because you know robin shows up and fucking pick up destiny right so like i was like they're all connected <laughs> so um yeah so like i said check out jacob's ladder um you know it's uh it's a horror classic now it really is, and it's it, it's definitely worth seeing. So, definitely, call staff. Definitely, definitely. All right, all right, all right. That's all we got. Okay, peace out. Later. <laughs>